Welcome to Always Andersonville, the podcast. I'm Laura. And I'm Sarah. Today, we are joined by Rick McEachern. Rick is an Andersonville resident and artist and studied at the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston and the Florence Academy of Art in Florence, Italy. You can view his work hanging on the walls of Appalachian, located at 5212 North Clark. Welcome, Rick. It's great to have you here today, and thanks for joining us. How are you today? I'm doing really well. Thank you. That's great. So let's just start with you telling us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? What's your background? Uh, did you always want to be an artist? Sure. Um, I grew up in, right outside of Boston, Massachusetts, in a town called Burlington. Um, my background, I was a very creative artistry artisty kid I was always winning all the art contests and things of that nature um, so I definitely have like a foundation of in a confidence based on that from when I was a, a young child um, I then kind of shifted into something else I fell in love with science and uh, around fifth and sixth grade so I ended up kind of dropping the art thing and I became an engineer I studied engineering and I have a degree in plastics engineering that's impressive but ultimately I decided that I want to get wanted to get back into that artist part of me and I was able to shift into it really easily because I think I had started so young I was able to just shift back in so really as an adult I started to get uh, more serious about art and um, eventually trying to make it into something where I would be making my living with it. And what kind of art were you into as a child? Do you remember kind of things that you or projects you did? I was into everything, um, like even like theater. We used to, I, I grew up in an extremely creative neighborhood. And because we didn't have iPhones and all of the, you know, the stuff that kids have now to entertain themselves. And we were very... Um, very high energy kids. And we were constantly creating plays and shows and roller skating shows. Um, and then we were also doing things around like drawing and painting. And it was just nonstop. Um, you know, it was less about like sports that most kids did. Um, I think in my neighborhood, for some reason, it was very like creative exploration. And do you feel like your um, knowledge of engineering and that experience that you had then informs the art that you do today? You know, not really. I would say that um, eventually I became like a project manager. That is very helpful with um, painting because a painting is just, it's a project. And, you know, when you're um, working on different phases of a project, you do, you kind of use different parts of your brain. There's the first part of your, the project where it's about planning and uh, you're using a different part of, uh, you know, planning. Then there's the execution and kind of a strategy part of a, of a painting. Um, and then ultimately it gets into the details um, and that uses a different part of your brain. So I would definitely say that my experience in being a project manager is very, is, is very applicable to being a, an artist and a painter. So we had the pleasure of meeting you very recently at your exhibit opening reception at Appalachian and learned that you are a newer resident to Andersonville. From your fresh perspective, what is it like living in Andersonville and how does it compare to other places you've lived? Well, I think it is lovely. And I was, uh, I moved here having visited a friend, uh, uh, my best friend from Boston moved here a couple years ago. So I would come and visit and I thought it was nice. Um, and I decided to, you know, purchase my home here. 
But it was about two weeks after I moved here when I realized that I had made a really good choice about a place to live. And there's a couple of reasons for me. Um, first of all, like my hobbies are running, working out and cooking. So I can walk to the gym. I can just run to the lake. I can walk to Edgewater Produce, which mm -hmm. is my favorite place to shop. I can go to the Jewel. Everything is walking distance, which is great. Um, I also love the feel that we have Clark Street, which is sort of a village feel, um, you know, with all of the businesses and such and all of that energy. But then if you head towards the lake, we have all of the streets like Magnolia and, and Lakeview. And, and that's just a completely you know, incredible experience with all those single family homes. And they're just really quite lovely. And then of course we abut a more urban feel when you hit like Broadway. So everything is within like seven blocks. You have everything. And where do you do your work? Do you have a studio out of your home? I do. My studio is in Pilsen. Mm. So I, um, I drive there in the mornings. I drive, I'm an early riser, so I will get up, um, you know, like five o'clock in the morning and just hop in my car head to the studio and and make my coffee there. It's so fun to hear that perspective because I think people who listen to our podcast and also who own businesses in the neighborhood or, you know, our community members who are very involved have lived here for like 50 years and 60 years. And, you know, we have a lot of lifers in this community. And it's so fun to hear from fresh eyes, fresh perspective, like this is what it's like to move here yeah. <laughs> and experience it for the first time. Um, so you moved in February, I did. you said, I so did. have you had your first winter yet, but you're from Boston. So maybe you're used to winters. Yeah. So I think the winter here is, is pretty similar. Um, I think that it might get a little bit colder than Boston, but, um, but I would say when I moved here, I was just really busy getting everything set up with my home, my studio settling in. I was really not paying attention to the winter, mm -hmm. quite frankly. But, um, but, but it doesn't bother me. I would, I mean, I personally can't stand hot climates, so I'm extremely comfortable living, you know, in a cold climate. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So jumping back to your work and when I met you at Appalachian, we talked about, um, some of the theme parks that you feature that are more so on the East coast. Cause yes. I also grew up on the East coast and recognized a few things in yes. your work. Uh, Coney Island is predominantly featured in some of your work. What does your work aim to say? And does Coney Island hold a meaningful memory for you? It does. I have, um, just always loved carnivals and amusement parks since I was the littlest kid. And I have no idea why. I mean, I remember, one of my first memories is being in a stroller, uh, being pushed and seeing like the Ferris wheel. Uh, it was dusk and seeing the lights of the lo local Ferris wheel. So I was in a stroller. So obviously I was, pr I was pretty young. Um, and I've always just been interested for whatever reason. I don't really know. It's very, it's very odd. Um, and as a kid, you don't really have access to, we didn't have the internet. So you didn't have any access to anything that would show roller coasters or amusement parks. So when the carnival came to town, it was just, um, it was so exciting for me. It was a, it was a very big deal. Um, you know, Coney Island is kind of like the where things really started. And when you think of amusement park innovation, it really happened there. Um, it was the place that people who um, maybe didn't have a lot of money living in um, you know, the boroughs of New York and they didn't have air conditioning maybe, you went to the beach and you went to Coney Island and you got to enjoy 
you know, all of these rides for not very much money. And what's interesting about my show is two, you know, two of the rides that are prominently featured are one of them is was built in 1924 and the other one was built in 1917 the the roller coaster and the big ferris wheel so people have been enjoying those rides and looking at the views that i've captured for years years and years you know people were little kids and that's what they would be seeing and have you ridden on those yes yeah. absolutely i've ridden yeah i've ridden the cyclone Tons of times. Um, I used to go to New York City for business, and I would try to sneak off to Brooklyn to go and ride the cyclone because you just pay like $7 or something. You know, you don't, I don't think you pay like admission to the park. Um, you can just buy a ride. And then I've also been on the Wonder Wheel. So. And when you look at your work, that the tones and the imagery, it really does just spark that feeling of summer like the warmth and how beautiful it is and kind of, yeah, it's just, it is, I think that a lot of people would resonate with those memories as young kids and, and going, you know, going to some, someplace really special. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. The, the uh, exhibit at Appalachian, it's kind of two, it's two rooms. Like there's the front room by the windows and then there's the back room where it's seven paintings along the wall. And the front room is, it's, it's Ferris wheels and roller coasters. And I kind of wanted it to feel like when you're at an amusement park and you've enjoyed all the rides, but then you're sitting down and having lunch, but you're still surrounded by all of these weird shapes and sounds and you kind of take it for granted and you're focusing on, you know, hanging with your friends and talking about whatever, but you're still kind of in this environment. And that's what I wanted for that front room is for people, maybe not so much really, you know, paying attention to the artwork, but kind of feeling like they're in this amusement park environment. So that was the intent for that. Um, on the backside, it's sort of a journey of a summer day. Um, it starts off with a painting where it's a, a gas station, like an abandoned gas station on the side of the road. So it's sort of like you're starting your road trip. And then eventually the paintings turn into people enjoying rides. And ultimately it turns into the rides at night. So it's kind of like a journey through the day, a summer day. It's just happy. Like you would just walk by and you just feel instantly <laughs> happy and you instantly think about cotton candy. So Yay, good. That makes me very happy. So you work with oils a lot. Um, do you work with another medium or have you in the past? I have. Um, I primarily work with oil. I think that I actually think that they're the easiest. Um, I know a lot of people think that sounds weird because oil paint sounds like it's sort of kind of like an advanced medium. Um, but I do water, I do a lot of like sketches and I, I call it dating. So most of my, uh, most of my paintings are based on photographs that I've taken. So I will see a photograph that I suspect will be a good candidate for a painting. But, um, I, in order to figure it out, I need to spend some time with it. So I'll do a lot of drawings with it and I'll find out if there's any interest that could come through in the paint. So that will usually be done as drawings. Sometimes that'll be done as a watercolor. If I want to introduce some color to explore whether or not we're ready, I'm ready for commitment. Um, and then sometimes I'll do acrylic. Uh, interestingly enough, sometimes those studies uh, end up being really solid paintings and I've actually sold a lot of them. Um, and in fact, some of my fa my favorite paintings I've ever done were something that was a study that took an hour and it just ended up being, um, you know, being something that I felt really proud of. But yeah, I would say, you know, watercolor and acrylic is generally a way to do some exploration, but oil is what is my preferred medium for an end product. 
Can you share with us how you would describe your work to somebody who maybe hasn't seen it before? Well, I would say that the stuff that's at Appalachian is a little different from what I traditionally do. Um, I don't know if you recall, there's a painting in there of the gas station. That's more of what I generally do. I generally like to do like Americana and it's, um, you know, uh, buildings like abandoned buildings with like a little bit of nature coming up. And that's what really excites me. Now, in the case of Appalachian, I ended up doing all of these amusement park, uh, you know, roller coaster which, which, paintings, which was a wonderful experience. That's a little bit outside of what I normally do. Um, you know, what I would say is, uh, I'll, so I'll never forget years ago, I was in Chicago, I was downtown, and I was at this old, so Chicago has all of these signs with the bulbs that are everywhere, like Foremost Liquors mm -hmm. near Argyle. So we don't have those in Boston. Like mm -hmm. we probably used to have them. We don't have them anymore. And they're all over the place here. And I think that they're so interesting. But and I ran And they're now kind of illegal too. Oh, so really? So like a lot of, and based on just like zoning rules, but, um, but a lot of those really, really large ones are grandfathered yes. in. So it's kind of interesting. They are very um, kind of like a, a, a time you know, a, a memento of that time, which is really interesting. Absolutely. And that kind of leads into, um, you know, when I discovered this one years ago, and it was it was um, a, a liquor store, I think it was called Cal's Liquors that I, I ended up doing a painting of it. But I remember the, the all the bulbs were burnt out, and it was like dented, and it was green. But I couldn't I couldn't help think, at one point, this sign was brand new. And they probably had a party celebrating it. And everyone was outside, you know, maybe with a glass of wine, looking at the sign, asking questions. And it was just something new and exciting. And now it isn't. Now it was in a building that was ready to be torn down. But when I did the painting, what I like to do is to try to, I feel like that glory still shows through. So I really like to do paintings where it's kind of abandoned. And, but there's something that can't help but come through that is part of the glory. And who have been some of your greatest influences? Um, I would say I, there's a, a, a current artist who's my uh, my great, great uh, my favorite artist, and his name is Matteo, and he's a young artist who lives in Florida. And um, I stumbled on his work in Provincetown, Massachusetts, and I think he probably his work just inspired me so much. I think it really made me want to take um, painting seriously um, just because of how his, uh, the execution, and I just thought it was really quite lovely. We noticed that on your Facebook page, you posted the word wonder, and wonder is a feeling of surprise mingled with admiration caused by something beautiful, unexpected, unfamiliar. What does that word mean to you, and what led you to post about it? Well, the Ferris wheel is called the Wonder Wheel. So I did get a little bit of help by whoever named it that 90 years ago, but it definitely did resonate with me. And it just, uh, when I was thinking about putting together some paintings for the summer, I started to just think about being a kid and what was summer like. Summer was, remember how long summer was when we were kids? It felt like six months and it was only 12 weeks. And, uh, and every year it was different because every year you were older and you had new things that were interesting to you. And um, there were new things that were on the radio, you know, d different popular songs. So every year it was something different and something new. And 
I guess I just sort of thought it was it did fill me with a lot of wonder. I kind of connected to that as being a child. And I think that probably inspired why I ended up, you know, creating the paintings as I did. We had a, a board meeting last week and we all went around the table and we always answer a question to get to know you. And the question was, what's your most fond childhood memory? Uh, or some, I think it was summer childhood memory. And Pretty much every single person said, oh, well, you know, at that time, I would just leave the house in the morning, meet up with friends. It was either for a baseball or the pool or to ride our bikes or to discover something in the woods. And, you know, you didn't have to be home until it was dark. Nope. And those days felt very long. And it was, you know, kind of just a, a different different time and place. Absolutely. Uh, but I think you capture that. I mean, clearly your work does, but you definitely capture that very well, that people have that feeling. And I think that there's some of that too, even just in that experience of living in Andersonville and that little village feeling that you can have when you're walking down Clark Street and not leaving the neighborhood for certain things and going to the shoe store and the candy store and the toy store and kind of also holds that feeling of wonder. So yeah, I just really enjoy what you had to say about that. Yeah, I would agree with that, especially, you know, personally having only been here since February, you know, every day it's a new, I'm learning something new about the neighborhood. And in fact, just yesterday I discovered, I think it's the Edgewater Museum. I'm like, oh, okay, something else that I get to explore. <laughs> I was very excited about that. Yeah, that's definitely a gem and always, <laughs> always something to learn there. I didn't yeah. know that Hillary Clinton was born in Edgewater at the Edgewater Hospital. And that was something that I learned um, at the Edgewater Historical Society. She's born on October 26th, which is my son's birthday. Oh, so. nice. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Also born in the neighborhood. <laughs> yes. Also born in the neighborhood. That is true. So we recently had a movie night here and showed Dirty Dancing in Andersonville. And you've referenced this uh, painting a couple of times during this interview. But, um, you know, one of that that painting of the gas station has a connection to that movie, which was filmed um, in Lake Lure, North Carolina. Can you tell us more about that painting? And, sure. And that connection? Yeah. So that is actually um, a painting I did of Dalton's General Store, which was an abandoned general store. And it has a very unique shape and color. Um, just the structure is very interesting. It has these re- these really interesting gas stations out front. In fact, I did four paintings of it, and so only one of them is here. There's actually three other ones. Um, however, when I was down there, I would was asking people about it, um, a, you know, a little bit of background, and they told me that it was owned by the Dalton family, and as you mentioned, Dirty Dancing was filmed there, and Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey were there for a period of time, and Patrick Swayze became personal friends apparently with the Dalton family and when he made his subsequent movie called Roadhouse which I've never seen but he named Mm -hmm. his lead character Dalton so yeah so there's a little there's a little bit of a connection there nice well I hate to put you on the spot but I'm wondering with your uh, nod to Americana sometimes and buildings have you thought about doing any future work that reflects Andersonville absolutely yeah definitely so I've been um, just keeping my eye out for different things, um, taking photographs. I took photographs with, you know, I have a, a serious SLR camera that I use uh, for, for uh, photos that are going to be used for paintings. So I've done probably two um, trips around the neighborhood specifically to do that. So I don't think I've got anything quite yet that I feel good about, but I know that I will. I know that I definitely will. Do you have anything that you're 
currently working on you'd like to share? Um, no, I'm actually not working on anything right now, but I do know I have the next five paintings. I know what they're going to be. Um, some of them are from a Lincoln Square neighborhood. Um, I have actually one is from Andersonville. I forgot about that. It's um, a very interesting photograph of um, sunset with um, uh, like a garage. It's it doesn't sound very interesting when I describe it, but visually it's very interesting. It sounds urban. Yeah, it's very very mm-hmm. urban Beautiful. and color, colorful. I'm curious, what would you say to a young artist or somebody who um, you know might be thinking, how do I do this for a living, or how how do I do this for the rest of my life? What what insight or advice would you pass on to that person? I think the biggest thing is to just understand how how much hard work it is and it's a lot of hours it isn't you know i think that it's not just being in front of the the canvas there's a lot of other stuff that's involved in being successful um, from you know promoting yourself or networking with people Um, it just can't be the creative the creative process that's just one part of it Um, And also just getting up really early every day and working really hard. And um, it's, it can be very lonely. Um, And I think a lot of the stress and challenges that you would get in any job, you still get with painting, you know, you you, it's still frustrating. It's still disappointing. Um, You, you know, sometimes you get disappointed by other people, but it's kind of all the same emotions. Um, so I think that's just one thing that I would say. That's really great. Thank you. Well, we know that you've only been in Andersonville a short time, but which Andersonville business would you want to trade places with for a day and why? I would say probably the toy store. Toys, et cetera. Yeah. (laughs) Just because that would just be a fun place to be in every day. And they have the, have you seen their puppets? Their puppets are so cute. Mm -hmm. So, um, Oh, you know what? Or maybe puppet bike. Ooh. Maybe puppet bike. So you Although, get your get your puppets. Get my puppet, and then I'll take go over, over to puppet, puppet bike. bike. But I think puppet bike that seems a little hot for me. I think that would be temperature wise. It seems like that might be too much. My sister came in. To, my sister lives in the suburbs, and um, she came in to visit me two weekends ago. And her favorite part of everything was puppet bike. I could not get her away from puppet bike. She's 12 years older than me. And she was like a little child. I'm like, Carol, we have to go get coffee. And I, and she was just like stuck there. It was so cute. She, she turned into a child. Did she give the puppets money? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. You have to give him money. I want to make sure he stays here. I always give him money whenever I go by. I keep, I keep dollars available just for puppet bike. Well, thank you so much for being here and thank you for listening to Always Andersonville, the podcast for more information about Rick. Where can they find you? I am at rickymcgeckerinartist.com. Wonderful. Well, show notes on today's episode can be found at andersonville.org. Always Andersonville, the podcast is engineered and edited by Andy Miles in Studio C at Transistor gallery shop performance recording and teaching space located at 5224 North Clark Street. Have your own podcast idea? The studio is available to rent. Please call 872-208-5877 or stop by the store for details.